another one, another one, another one. We the best music, music, music. Major key, major key. Welcome to Post to Post here on the Wave, the sound of LIU. I'm your host for today, a little bit of role reversal. I'm Ryan Kraut. Behind the board is Anthony Cavaretta at our brand new time. We will now be on the air at 5 o'clock on Wednesdays instead of 6 o'clock. We moved up the show because our classes end just a little bit earlier than we expected. Anthony, how, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Uh, just to give everybody a little bit of context, as they're probably all shocked from hearing Ryan instead of me first, is... um. Yeah, so I'm a little bit under the weather, and I have a lot to do this weekend on the sports side of our broadcast here at LAU Post. So Ryan gets the gets the nudge today. He'll be uh, it's taking the main lead here. It's a weird view. Weird view. But overall, I like it so far. I mean, it's only been 70 seconds, but about. You know, I have hosting experience. Yeah, you should be. We're, we're, we'll, we'll be okay. So we're going to get right into things. Our first segment, as always, is our news segment. First little piece of news here, Corey Perry, who is now with the Dallas Stars, he has resumed skating. He's closer to making his Stars debut. We fractured his foot before the start of training camp, and he'll be evaluated in about a week. This is fine. I think Perry doesn't really need to rush his start, especially with the Stars. You know, I'd like to see him. He looked good in pre- preseason, but I think it'll be. it's a different animal to come into the regular season and play with your new team and I feel like I want to I kind of want to see just how he adapts to the fans in Dallas because those are they're a little bit different than Anaheim and also like it's his first new team and for in his career you know yeah I I think the the I almost said the Ducks because I'm just used to him being on the Ducks the Stars uh, if he does keep up the production they could definitely use him I don't I'm not 100% sure what line they'd necessarily put him on, but especially with their uh, recent string of injuries, they're going to need him. There was a game against the the first game, actually, against the Bruins. The Stars lost three players, two of them forwards, uh, Blake Como, Jason Dickinson. They both went down. Uh, Roman Pollock also went down in that game, took a big hit into the boards and had to actually be stretchered off. So anytime the Stars can get someone back, especially a player of Corey Perry's caliber, I think it's definitely going to help them. It is going to be weird seeing him in that shade of green. Yeah, I could see that. It's just like, you know. Because the Ducks have that very nice, like, teal-ish green that Anthony's wearing. The the one on his arms, for those who are watching us on Instagram, uh, as that was the color of their Mighty Ducks jerseys. But the stars have this really bright green. Victory green. Victory green, as they call it, which yeah, ironic I, because they have not done much winning since they adapted, uh, adopted rather, victory green. Well, yeah, I, I miss the old jerseys where it was like the star, yeah, the actual when the, star, the Brett Hole one. Yeah, those were when his foot those was were in nice. The when it wasn't like, oh my God, what are these green things skating around? It was it was nice, but you know, all good things must come to an end. So, in other injury news, the Pittsburgh Penguins are a bit beat up so far this season. Uh, Evgeny Malkin and Nick Bugstad both will be out long-term for the Penguins. They both have lower body injuries. 
Malkin will be out longer term than Bugstad, but both injuries are not uh, season-ending at this day in time. So I'm going to wait for it because I know somebody's going to tell me it eventually, and they're going to tell me I was right, that the Penguins are not going to be as good as they should be. And also the fact that, like, you know, we said it last week when Crosby was out, you know, they're not going to be as good. Now Malkin's out, and you don't have enough cap space to go out and sign a guy, and you can't—who are you going to bring up? You have no depth, really. They don't have a lot of depth. They don't have a lot of cap space either. I mean, even with trading Phil Kessel, they still have to deal with um, the contract of Jack Johnson, who I heard they were supposed to be training, uh, trading, rather— but they have not. I don't know why they haven't. Maybe it's they haven't his found best friend a... is Sidney Crosby. They're very good friends off the ice. There's no way he's going to get moved. They currently have negative $1 million in cap space. So I don't know what, what they can really do. Um, I, I, know it's, I don't know. I know it's really early in the season. Like We're, yeah, a, we're a week It's been in. a week. We're a week in. But if I was the Penguins, if you, th- if you know – that this is going to be the way your season has started and the way it's going to go. Because there's no timetable on on Mulkin. It's mostly like, yeah, it's long-term, but it's not season-ending. So, And they haven't really said that he's going to be back pre- or post-All-Star break, but I think it's going to be somewhere around there. I would seriously consider start selling off some pieces. I know it's early for that. I know, you know, the Penguins have done this before. They've dealt with injuries. We saw it most famously when they won the 2017 Cup, when they had, like, no defense because of injuries, and yet they pulled out their first back-to-back Stanley Cup since 95-96. So I don't underestimate the Penguins. It's just, like, I think it's time. Yeah, and actually, there is some more Penguins injury news as I just look on their website here. Patrick Hornquist and Alex Galchenyuk are now both day-to-day with lower body injuries. So things just keep getting worse for the Penguins. When was that announced? Like just five minutes ago? They put something on their website three hours ago. They both left. uh, Hornquist left the first period. He got hit with a shot um, in the game yesterday, and he left. And Galchenyuk's had a lingering issue. So now they are without... Malkin, Bugstad, Galchenyuk, and Hornquist. And Crosby's just coming back from injury. Exactly. And if I'm not mistaken, that's three of their four centers and one of their top four wings. Yeah, and before, if you looked at their their lineup, if you looked at it before this announcement, they had no fourth line. Now you don't have a third line either. You're going to be playing with most likely two solid lines and then a bunch of AHL columns. Yeah, I mean, they on their active roster, they only technically have two two left-wingers and one right-winger. Everyone else is l- listed, as far as forwards go, as a center. So I don't think that's going to be their issue. It's The issue is losing guys and losing guys of this caliber. Yeah, those are your stars. You know, those are your, not your superstars, but that's your supporting cast. Those are your goal scorers. Those are, especially now that you don't have Phil Kessel anymore, a lot of these guys who are not used to being in the spotlight, they're, aside from Jake Gensel, but he, he knows what that's like, a lot of these 
these guys are going to have to start picking up the slack. Yeah, I, I really do. This hurts. Like, the, the news of Malkin being out, I was going to say that, okay, that's fine, but they could possibly rebound. There's no rebounding from this. No. if Especially if these injuries are as long-term as they think. The Malkin injury is definitely going to impact them. I'm not sure how long Galchenyuk or Hornquist will be out. The longer they're out, the worse it is for the Penguins because of the fact that all these guys that they're losing are top six top nine players on the penguins the galchenyuk one hurts for me because like i really wanted to see what he could do on a real team not anything not not against arizona but he had no supporting cast yeah he he's trying to find a way to get back to what he was and what he's capable of and what we saw in montreal yeah so that that hurts i was really hoping that if kessel when the announcement for kessel was made i was like oh cool galchenyuk will have kessel and then I saw that it was that, it was, and I was like, oh, was well, that sucks. But, you know, that just I, it hurts. But now it's time to see what these Penguins will look like five years down the road because you're going to see the AHL guys. You're going to see what they can do. The problem is you don't have a lot. Yeah, and I think that trading Jack Johnson, if they actually do that, they need to get depth pieces. They don't need a— No, you need players now. They need, well, they need—I I would think they will, would want to get a borderline kind of player, maybe one that's, like, a higher prospect that's, like, almost NHL-ready. I would think you probably would have went for, like, a, not really a name per se, but, like, somebody who could—like, um, I'm looking at the, the rundown, and, like, the name that's right after Mulkin's on this is Domestikoff. That would have been a really good piece for them to get. Especially with all these injuries, that. yes. But the two questions that I have regarding Jack Johnson and the Penguins are, one, why'd you sign him in the first place? And two, who's going to want him? No one's going to want him, especially with that kind of... Especially with his... His contract. His, his contract it's not necessarily the cap hit. It's, I would think it's more the length because it was a five-year deal. Yeah, and I believe it's... I believe the first... Three, one of the I think one of the first three years or th- all three years are a no move. Um, that and I, well, I remember that when that was announced, a lot of Penguins fans were like, "You do know that he is? Why would we want to keep him? Especially when Seattle's around the corner. There's no reason to do that. And yet I I could be wrong, but I do believe he has like a, some type of no move clause or uh, like a select trade. Thing but his his, his salary this year is. $4 million, but he's a three-and-a-quarter cap hit. So for a defenseman that's not going to produce, that's that's a lot. Yeah. So speaking of trades, there was a trade made by a New York area team. The New York Rangers traded Vladislav Nemesnikov to the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> in exchange, the Rangers get a fourth-round pick in the 2021 draft and a minor league defenseman. Yeah. I was going to write the defenseman in his name, but it doesn't really matter. He's a borderline AHL depth piece. And the interesting thing about this is that was brought to my attention is, yeah, a lot of Ranger fans were like, oh, we got rid of Nemestikov. Yay, because they've been trying to ship him off for a long time. They got him in the McDonough-Miller. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm obviously not a Ranger fan, but did he produce at all really he produced well enough that he was like okay he's a good second line piece but like i think we i didn't hear his name a lot he he kind of was like he remind he reminds me a lot of like 
a Crider. Where, like, you won't hear his name all, all the time, but you know he's doing stuff. And I, I honestly think um, the Senators won this deal. As much as that is a weird thing to say, that the Senators did something good, but the Senators won this deal because you get a piece to build around in the locker room and you get a piece to kind of help now while the young guys still adjust. Now, that fourth-round pick, is that actually Ottawa's? Because there is a whole the fourth mess round pick, of that fourth draft round pick picks that they have. Is Ottawa's. So the Rangers in next year's draft will have two fourth-rounders, their own and Ottawa's. Not Columbus's, Ottawa's. Which I think gives the Rangers, I, I read it online somewhere, saying that they have like a total of 13 draft picks in the next two drafts. Yeah, the both of these teams have a ridiculous amount of draft picks, especially the 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 Senators. They pretty much have their all of theirs and then all of Columbus's because Columbus was like, hey, we'll take everyone from you, win now, and then we'll have a cup and it won't matter. But that backfired. Yeah, they beat Tampa, And we though. can all laugh at them now. Yeah, but they beat Tampa. Like, we could laugh at them all we want, but... They beat Tampa. That's in the past. Let me laugh. Yeah, and so is the Bruins <laughs> losing in Game 7. Yeah, well, people don't like to talk about that. Yep, but that's what we're going to talk about. So, one more piece of news that was announced yesterday. Patrick Marlowe, he is back in the teal. He goes back to San Jose one year. Signs for league minimum $700,000. The all-time leader for the Sharks, goals, points, Games played amongst other categories. Is this his last season? Yeah. I don't... This is just because they... Um, San Jose just... They're last place in the Pacific, which we're going to get to why in, in like in later segment. But they need something to kickstart because they've just looked very, very sloppy. And I don't necessarily think it's Marlowe, but... Yay, Marlowe's back in teal. It's more it's one of those more of a fan favorite type things. And I know this is kinda different and a different sport, but it's kinda like when a couple years ago when the Mets brought back Jose Reyes, everyone's like, Oh, okay, awesome. We love Reyes. He's not gonna do anything, but we love Reyes. I feel like it's more of a, a presence thing and Welcome more to the, of a, it's you know what it is, and, and this this term gets thrown around a lot, especially in football. I'm not sure if it gets not in hockey all that much, but it's it's the retirement tour. It is. It's, it's kind of like how there are players who will sign one-day contracts and retire as a member of this team, except Marlowe's one-day contract is a one-year contract, and then he's probably going to retire. But who knows? He could pull a Joe Thornton and keep going until his legs give out. That's yeah, but I don't want to see that. Like Joe Thornton, I get, because like he's he's still producing at a, at a constant rate. Marlowe didn't do anything in Toronto. Period. He didn't. He had in sixty-four points in two years. That's actually not terrible, but it's not. When you guys have, when you have guys that are putting up like a hundred points. Well, a lot of those guys are twenty-three, team. and one of them is Mitch Marner. So, and Patrick Marlowe is way past his prime. So, I just think like you know, he's. he's so it's not that he's bad now. It's just that he's not producing to what he was. At one point, which is to be expected, he's 40. Yeah, so... Makes sense. It's whatever. 
Right, so when we come back, we're going to take a look at where all these teams stand in their respective divisions. You're listening to Post to Post here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. WCWP and The Wave present a car show, part of Long Island University's 2019 Homecoming Weekend. Enjoy a day of cars on display, plus food, giveaways, and prizes on Saturday, October 19th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on the campus of LIU Post, 720 Northern Boulevard in Brookville. Admission is free and open to the public. Entry for cars is $20 per vehicle. Space is limited. Register your car today by visiting WCWP.org. Follow the wave on Twitter and Instagram at the sound of LIU. The new sound of Long Island University has arrived with a splash. The wave brings you the hottest new music, exclusive coverage of LIU sports, and updates on everything happening at Long Island University. It's the station for the students, by the students. Tune in and catch the wave. Visit liuwave.org or download the WCWP app for iOS and Android. Like the wave on Facebook at facebook.com slash the sound of LIU. Welcome back to Post Post here on the wave. Ryan Kraut and Anthony Cavaretta with you. As always, we're now going to take a look at where each of these teams stand in the division, the surprises so far, and everything along those lines. Let's start with the Pacific Division, where currently the Edmonton Oilers and the Anaheim Ducks currently tied for first place with six points each. And then rounding things out, the surprising 0-4 San Jose Sharks. Yeah, I feel bad for Sharks fans. Now, do they miss having Joe Pavelski there as much as it seems? Was he that big of a presence on and off the ice for them through these first four games? No. I think this is just San Jose coming out to a slow start. You're showing your age. You've been... As much as we, we look at it, San Jose has been out in the second round for the last two years. They lost in the – no, they were on the third round this past year, second round last year, and then cup final. So I think, once again, this is going to come back. I know I've said this a lot, but this comes down to the amount of success you've had in the last few years, just catching up with you guys. And all these guys are older. They, yeah, they have long guy, young guys like Couture. But even so, you know, this team is is not – you just brought back Patrick Marlowe. That's a sign of desperation, that you need something in the locker room or something to kick this team because right now Thornton, Kane, and Carlson aren't doing it. Yeah, and as you said, this is a very old team. Bringing back Marlowe, still have Joe Thornton. Brent Burns is getting up there in age. And at least Brent Burns is making a lot of money. So it's not like you can make a lot of moves with the uh, cap hit that Brent Burns is, along with the Carlson cap hit. Yeah, he's not even 30 yet, but he's off to another slow start. And 
I'm actually I'm just very surprised to see the the shark struggling like this. I don't think it's gonna last. Well, the thing is, like, I'm you look at the schedule. They played Vegas twice. They got beat to heck in those first two games. They lost four to one in in the opener, and then five to one in the next game. And they lost to the Ducks, which the Ducks are just as bad as you guys. Like all like. They were bad last year. They're, they haven't really done much to get a little bit better. And then you lose to Nashville, which makes sense. But these scores are not close either. They're two, three-goal, four-goal games. They're not good. So far, they have a goal differential of negative 12, and they only have five goals on the season. They've allowed 17. So they're in the basement currently in the Pacific Division, and they have played the most games. They're 0-4, so no points yet. They're not the only teams in that division with no points. The... Coyotes and the Canucks, both with no points, 0-2. But at the very top, we have the Oilers and the Anaheim Ducks. Which team has surprised you more so far through these first three games? Anaheim. Like I'm, And I'm like a, you know, my, my West Coast team has, has always been the Ducks. So I, I'm, I'm like kind of surprised about this just because you have no one on this team. Like, the roster is a lot of guys who you wouldn't really know besides, I'm, I want to say, maybe Raquel, Getzlav, and Henrique. The rest of them, like, you know, Roni, Shore, Steele, Terry. You, you know, you have Michael Delzato on your team. Michael Delzato, he's been everywhere, which is why <laughs> I thought he was older than he is. He's not even 30 yet. I thought he was like 36 at one point because he's just been around for so long. He, yeah, he was. He's not. He's still a young guy. I believe he's been on the Rangers. He's been on at least 18. Columbus. Something like Vancouver. that. Vancouver. He, he just won a cup with St. Louis, which I didn't know until I was watching the ceremony. And I see Delzato. I'm like, oh, wow, he is. he did win a cup. You know, but I think once again you have Gibson. He's even a predator for twenty-five games. Twenty. That's. It's hard to keep track of where he is now. He's back with the Ducks. Yeah, he, he was, was on I three teams he was last a year. Duck at a point. He was a Canuck, a Duck, and a Blue, and now he's back with the Ducks. But he yeah. has not played a full season with the team since uh, the Canucks in 2017-2018. Yeah, I don't see this lasting though. Oh, it's absolutely not going to last. I'm surprised it's happening, especially with the injuries to Kessler and losing Perry. I'm surprised it's happening to begin with. Yeah. One of the teams that's surprising me at the bottom right now is Vancouver. Like, you guys were supposed to be good. I really didn't have a lot of faith in them so far. I mean, they're a very young team, but, like, they're, they might be a little too young right now. Especially, I mean, I know the Sedins left years ago, but I feel like they haven't necessarily... Two, not even. I know they haven't necessarily recovered from necessarily losing their presence. Like, just off the top of my head, aside from Brock Besser, I can't think of it, like, and, like, Alexander Edler, if he's even still there. I can't think of the veteran presence in that locker room right now. There is none, and that's going to come to bite them in the butt sooner than later. I guess you could give it to... um, Jay Beagle, uh, or Louis Jay Erickson, Beagle. I would give it to. But other than that, there's not a veteran guy. I know, I know, I remember, I know one. I, did, I literally just thought of it. J.T. Miller. 
it, it's a it's a weird day when JT Miller is now the veteran guy. Three teams. Pretty good. He's he's been around the block a time or two. Can't can't deny that. He has had some success with the Rangers. And Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay. But my my big thing is not in regards to the Canucks, in regards to the Oilers. I'm right su- now. How are you surprised? No. Just hear me out. Right now, it seems as though James and Neil was their absolute best move. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to this dude. He's I'm gonna soak his this performance in for a yesterday just screamed I needed to get out of Calgary. He had four goals against the Islanders, a natural hat trick, and he now has six goals on the year, which leads the league. Last year, he had all of seven goals on the entire season, and he has six in three games this year. It's the real deal, James Neal. It is the real deal, James Neal, and he's showing us exactly what he was in Pittsburgh and Nashville. And Vegas. And Vegas. I I would throw Dallas into that conversation. Pretty much everywhere he's been except Calgary. You know what it is? I think at Calgary it was just a matter of, like, you know, you didn't mesh well with the team, you didn't mesh well with the coach, and fine. You get out of there, you go to Edmonton, you go up the road, fine. And now look at you. You're doing well again, and you scored a net. You scored four goals against the Islanders, and you've once again won your way into my heart again. He has all of his goals have come within the last two games. So, granted, they've only played three, but he's had two, six goals in the last three ga- uh, two games rather, and six on twelve shots. I can see this entire like besides Neil. Like, yeah, that's unreal numbers, and, you know, that may help just playing with Connor McDavid because he's on that first line, so it helps, and you're on that power play as well. But I think this Edmonton team may stay up here for a bit. They, they'll probably be in the hunt for a wild card come come the All-Star break. Or even maybe if it, the Sharks continue It really depends this. on their goaltending because, well, they have Mike Smith, who is— Mike black- Smith. Who is Mike Smith? Glass, bones, paper, skin, all that fun stuff. And then they have Miko Koskinen, who I knew was going to get his, as apparently now we're calling it his revenge game on the Islanders. Apparently we're calling it that now. I knew that was going to happen. Your fan, the fan, your fan base just likes naming things. I know. We have names for everything. It's, I don't know. But we'll see if it lasts. We will see. Like other teams. I don't, th- I don't necessarily think it's going to. I think it may. I think they'll end up in, like, third of the wild card. It really depends on San Jose and Arizona, in my opinion, because I know Vancouver is most likely going to just stay where they are or, like, close to that. L.A., I know they're going to fall off, even though they have one. They only have a, they have a record of 500. Calgary, I know, may stay there. Vegas is going to get better. Anaheim may fall down. And it really just depends on Anaheim, San Jose, and Arizona if Edmonton's going to stay there. All right, now switching our focus over to the Central Division. The <coughs> St. Louis Blues currently lead the Central 2-0-1 uh, through the first three games of the season. And then at the bottom, we have the Minnesota Wild 0-2 on the year. What's been the biggest surprise for you so far through the first 
three or four games in this division? Nothing, really. There's, this is kind of what I expected this division to be. You know, top-heavy. Maybe if there's one surprise, it would be Winnipeg and just how badly their defense has been because, you know, they had they literally started the season off with their East Coast trip. So we saw them in boatloads because we saw them play the Rangers, Islanders, and Devils right away. So then you could see that defense is it's not good. Yeah. Hellebuck has it's no not, Especially blowing that – no, they actually came back from that deficit against the Devils. I had it mixed up in my head for a minute. But – their defense is is struggling. Losing Dustin Bufflin definitely hurt. They don't know if he's coming back. Losing Truba hurt. And, yeah, they got Pionk back, who's solid, but he's not Jacob Truba. No, not at all. And the chemistry that they've had was much better with Truba. So I think, with and with their new defenseman, they're trying to find that the new chemistry, get things going. I think once they get back home to the whiteout, they're they're gonna be okay. They're not gonna stay in fourth forever. I think they'll go to like. I don't think they're gonna get higher than third. I mean, Especially, I have them winning the central, so I don't. I, I don't know. think it so. depends on. Depends on if their Dallas defense gets going. Really. Depends on their defense, and it depends on how well the other teams do. But in speaking of their defense, have you heard about the? trade rumor surrounding them and the Islanders. No, I have not. Okay. So I'm hoping this doesn't happen. Is it Nicoletti? No. Okay. Part of it I'm hoping doesn't happen. So I heard the Islanders want Nikolai Ellers. Why? I don't know. I guess improved scoring something. I don't know. I don't think they need him, but whatever. So the rumor is Ellers for Josh Hosang... Ryan Pulak, and a second-round pick. There's only one reason you want this trade to happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't want Hosang here anyway, but I'd be fine if they tra- trade him like Edmonton for Pugliarvi. That's totally fine. I just don't want him here. Ryan Pulak needs to stay on Long Island. He does. He's their... I, well, now he's not their youngest defenseman because Noah Dobson's there. But he's... This kid's got a big, big ceiling. Or a high ceiling, rather. And he's, his slap shot is ridiculous. On the power play, Trotz is treating him like, putting him basically where Ovechkin was. That's what we can compare his slap shot to. And he's over, overall, he's just really been their best defenseman recently. And I don't see how taking him away will help them. He would definitely help Winnipeg yeah. with their defensive woes. So I can see Winnipeg wanting to do this. I don't necessarily want it to happen. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's one of those we'll wait and see kind of things. Yeah, there's nothing really. Winnipeg just, I feel like, you know, it's early in the season. I feel like if you give them a little bit more time to gel and everything, you'll get a better defense. Not as good as what they no, had. No, not as good because the players aren't necessarily as good, but they're starting with new defensive pairs that they've never been on before, so the chemistry is obviously <laughs> not going to be there. But look at the central. St. Louis, they'll probably fall a bit. I don't. I don't expect them to stay in first either. I don't necessarily expect a lot out of them so far this year. Um, not so far this year. They, I don't expect a lot out of them this year. Just coming off the whole Stanley Cup run and everything, I'm sure they're tired. Tired. Except 
Well, Justin Falk's probably not as tired, but I did Poor feel Falk. bad for him, though, with the home opener. He had to st- yeah, we stay. They're introducing everyone with the cup and with the patches and standing there with the banner raising and team photos, and Justin Falk's like, uh... I don't belong here. I got eliminated in the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> what am I doing here? Well, he, he didn't get a ring, did he? No. He doesn't he deserve a ring. Have, he was... Because I, I remember like they had the whole ceremony the night before. And I was like, I feel bad for the dude there? that he had to stand there. Yeah, like but, yeah, he's a, he's on the defending cup champions now, but you wanted you that are to not be part you. Of that team. You were not on that team. What would have made it worse, I think, was if Carolina had made it. <laughs> that definitely would have made it worse if it was Blues Carolina. Oh, you know that what? Would've, would've, that would have made it worse. You know what would have been awesome? Now that I think about it, imagine if if uh, St. Louis had to do the banner raising ceremony against Carolina. That would have been hilarious. that would have been weird. Well, that would have been, like, it makes sense, like, what they did. They had, you know, Ovi and the 2018 champs versus the 19 champs. It made sense. But I'm like, imagine if they just, like, Carolina and Fox just, like, looking over during practice. Like, like, hi, guys. Hi, guys. I don't belong here, but thanks. <laughs> we did good last year, right? <laughs> so, yeah, no, the Central's good. I think, yeah, this is going to stay mostly the same. Maybe a few changes here and there. Chicago and Minnesota ain't getting out of the bottom two I expect Minnesota and Chicago to flip, honestly. Yeah, Minnesota will probably flip with Chicago, but that's it. I believe in you, Minnesota. You <laughs> will not finish in last place. <laughs> no, they will. They will. Well, at least they can't be as bad as, you know, the Atlantic. The Atlantic. We, we, which we will get to after this break. We're going to look at the Eastern Conference teams. When we come back, you are listening to Post Post here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Having trouble writing a paper? The LAU Pulse Writing Center is here to help. Located in Humanities 202, the Writing Center has peer tutors who are ready to help you with your writing skills. Brainstorming, outlines, thesis statements, ESL concerns, and more. We also have a lending library full of free books for anyone to take home. Stop by Humanities 202 to work one-on-one with the tutor or call us at 516-299-2732. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and our blog. LIUWave.org is your source for Long Island University student radio. Listen live 24-7 online, subscribe to podcasts, check out our social media, and get in touch with us. It's all online at LIUWave.org. Welcome back to Post Post here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Not not necessarily sure what that was. That supposed to be the Bruins' goal song. It, it the, is. It's the like certain craft, whatever thing. Yeah, no. It's, yeah, it just it starts at around thirty seconds. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, I have a list. I should have given it to you. We have a list of all the start times where like the good start points. At that, it just sounded like something from SpongeBob for a sec. For yeah, a second. Yeah, now it now it works. There it is. Almost. All right. Well, now Can we're gonna tell take- I'm usually not doing this. Now we're going to take a look at the Eastern Conference teams. We're going to start with the Atlantic Division with what I think, not surprisingly, the Boston Bruins, 3-0. Six points sitting atop the Atlantic Division. And then all the way at the bottom, again, not surprised, we have the 0-2 Ottawa Senators. No points yet for them. Only four goals on the year. And... Anthony, for you, what would you say has been the biggest surprise in the Atlantic so far? I have two. Buffalo being second, 
Yeah, they only got three games, and they have two wins and one overtime loss. But Buffalo, I feel like, is a, is either going to turn the corner or is, like, a year away from doing it. That's what people have been saying about Buffalo for, like, the last two or three years. Yeah, but I feel like now it's the time. Like, y- Tampa's sixth. We've been saying two teams in this league, we've been saying this is, like, wait till next year for the last three, like, more than three three years for Tampa. We've been saying this is your year for for such a long time. And Buffalo, I feel like for at least three or four years, we've been saying, all right, you're almost there. Wait till next year. You'll be better. And they're not. Yeah, no, they're just not. And so I, I got three surprises. I agree with two of yours, Buffalo being second, Tampa being sixth. Detroit's fourth. That's not going to stay. Like, yes, it's only been three games, so we can't necessarily say all that much. But Detroit is in fourth place. They lost their first game last night. They lost to Anaheim. But other than that, they have they, they've won the other two. They're ahead of the President's Trophy winners. They're ahead of the Panthers, who now have Sergei Bobrovsky. And I don't necessarily know what's happening in Detroit. I don't think it's going to last especially since Florida was very surprising you'd think they'd do better they have Bobrovsky so Sergey Bobrovsky he's on the case he's always on the case he's just not used to the new he's not used to the heat he's not used to that yet you know he's got big pads to fill too so yeah he's got he's got to give him a, give him a few weeks yeah i mean it's <laughs> Always hard coming after or being the the goalie after a future yeah. Hall of Famer. Like obviously Bobrovsky's transition period is going to be a little easier just because of who he is and what he's accomplished. But I mean, to put it in perspective, think of how, and I can't think of the goalie off the top of my head. Think of how whoever replaced. Um, Martin Brodeur in it, Jersey. It, it's, um, was it Corey Schneider? It was Corey Schneider. Okay. It I was about to say, I'm like, I know we're thinking like, the I same feel thing. feel like, like it was, Schneider. but I want to say it if it wasn't. But think how Corey Schneider felt after he replaced uh, Brodeur when Brodeur, for some reason, went to St. Louis. I, I think like, how do I? How do you old. follow this? Like, you've, got, you've put up s- almost 700 wins with this team, Brodeur meaning. How do you follow that? So I'm sure Bobrovsky's probably thinking the same thing. Luongo had two tours in Florida. Was uh, Luongo had yeah two tours in Florida. Was absolutely loved there, and had the best some of the best years of his career there. How do you how do you follow that? You make your own name for yourself. That's what you got to do. Which he did before he got here. Now he just has to. He needs to prove. prove that. He needs to prove why he's on the case. That's the only thing he needs to do. And their their offense hasn't gotten going yet either. They do have some very good pieces. Yeah, they're not going to stay seventh for long. They're not. I don't expect them to necessarily go higher than maybe fourth. They'll be in the like the wild card chase. That's about it. And they they have been the last two years. There was one day where the last day of the season, I think, not this past year, the year before, where if everything had gone right, there would have been like a tiebreaker game between them and. Flyers, I think. Yeah, and I think last year was the same thing with Columbus. Like, it was them and Columbus. No, it was Montreal and Columbus, I'm thinking of. They came down to the wire. But Florida's not as 
bad as they <laughs> used to be. They used to be just in the basement, like near Ottawa, where they, they were are with the now. rats. Yeah, yeah, they're they're coming out of that. They their core is young. They're good. They got top five goalie in the league now. Things are going to turn around for the Panthers. Yeah, and I think sooner than later, Tampa I think is just tired, and they got to like take a step back. And Tampa has been, well, yes, very surprising, but. Tampa has been deep into the playoffs, aside from last year, every year since, I want to say, 14 or 15. Fif- it was 15, 15 they made it to the Cup. 15 they made it to the Cup. I think 14. They didn't make the conference final. They were out in the second. First or second? No, second round because they lost to Montreal. So they've got to be exhausted, especially not all of them were there for that, but at a very minimum, but all those teams, Stamkos has got to be ridiculously tired. But even if you want, even if you want to get technical with it, you know, look at all the former Rangers that were there. That too, you got to take their deep runs into consideration like, too, and then going on to the from deep runs with the Rangers, the then deep, deep runs, runs with, with Tampa. the Lightning, it takes a toll on you. And you keep adding older guys. Like none, of, I don't think I think they have one of the oldest Ross active rosters in the league, which is surprising because. You don't necessarily think that they're an old team. And they're not that old. Some of their guys are older, but they're not that old. Like, the oldest guy that they have is, well, aside from Curtis McElhinney, who's their backup goalie, (coughs) Braden Coburn. He's almost 35. Other than that, everyone was born in... Late eighties, early nineties. I think it's it's um they're gonna probably they're gonna bounce back. There's oh, no way they, they don't. They they can't not bounce back. Yeah, it's just not gonna happen. See, the more and more we see, like we look at Tam- look at this Tampa team, especially that it came into light since being knocked out in the first round by Columbus. I, it it becomes more and more clear to me why Eiserman left when he did. Yeah, he put the team together. He's realizing it's going to go to crap soon. Put the team together, saw a win, a huge window of opportunity that to win now. They didn't, so he left. But when, and they're bound to win, when they do win, he's going to get credit. He's not going to get the ring, but he's going to get credit because he was the architect behind it all. I think he may get a ring. They may give him a ring, but he wasn't in the organization to, when to win they won. the cup. Yeah, I, I you know what we look at the Atlantic. Buffalo's gonna fall. Detroit's gonna fall. Tampa's gonna come back up in Florida. The thing is, like everybody keeps saying, like the Metro is stacked, but the Metro is like a three-team division. Yeah, but like the Atlantic looks more oh, competitive. The Atlantic's a three-team division. Yeah, but it looks That's more competitive now because you have. Yeah, it's in tiers. Like, you have Boston, Toronto, and Tampa. And And then then you have, like, Montreal, Florida, maybe Detroit. I mean, it's... Then you have Ottawa just there. uh, And then there's, like, 50 feet of empty space, and then there's Ottawa. Yeah, they're in the seventh Are they? I just want to know if they're still happy if they're... That they're just a team. They got Nemestikov, so they have to be somewhat happy. I guess so, but they still have to pay Bobby Ryan $7.5 million a year. That's got to be rough. (laughs) <laughs> That's more than rough. And yet their owner says we're going to compete in 2022. Oh, now we're, now we waiting until 2022. It was 2021 or 2022, I think. It was I the mean, season with all their with... draft picks, I'm sure they're bound to be there eventually. But 
I mean, I after get rid after of 2016, it, Chris Kunitz destroyed this team. He did single handedly single handedly destroyed the this team. Ring of Hell. It's magical, which I didn't necessarily necessarily expect Ottawa to be one goal away from going to the Stanley Cup final because I it's Ottawa like I they, didn't expect that they were supposed to lose to either Montreal or the Rangers I didn't it just even didn't happen I was surprised they made the playoffs honestly but the fact that they took the Penguins to game 7 overtime double, double overtime, overtime even first time an Eastern Conference playoff it game at, went to... It wasn't in Ottawa, too? No, it was in Pittsburgh. It was in Pittsburgh. Because I remember, like, when he scores, and then just the whole place just goes berserk. Yeah. So, I mean, Ottawa can't stay at the bottom forever. It's, they're bound to crawl up. It's just not going to be anytime soon. Hopefully they can get a, the first overall pick. Yeah, they're not even going to win that. We all know the draft lottery is rigged. So now switching our focus to the... Metropolitan Division, speaking of rigged draft lottery, with the... Oh, high de- Rangers and Devils. Yes, exactly. High Rangers and Devils. Well, low Devils. Yeah, they're in the, eighth place. in eighth place. This is great. The team that's had two of the last three number one overall picks has... Well, granted, they've played two games, but they are 0-1-1. Currently set at the bottom. But the team at the top of this list and the top of the NHL, the... Former Hartford Whalers, now the Carolina Hurricanes, 4-0 and so far this season. Anthony, do you expect Carolina to stay in first? And if you do, for how long? I guess that's, that's why that, 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 that should answer your question. They're going to stay in the top three. That was one of This is one of those teams that... Last year, we thought was just off to a really hot start. We didn't expect much of them. But then we saw how deep they got into the playoffs. And we're like, yeah, okay. They're they're legit. So we can put them in the conversation with Washington now, which is scary because I never thought I'd see them. They quietly mentioned, did this. Yeah, they, they really did. It was very quiet, very subtle. They went from being a non-factor to being a threat. I'm going to be 100% honest. This top four, there's only one change I can see happening over the course of the rest of the season with these top four for the Metro. Carolina, Washington, and New York, well, the Rangers at least, should stay in that top four. And I think throw the Islanders in there, that's going to be your top four for the remainder of the season. Especially now that Pittsburgh's got a lot of injuries. Yeah. If Pittsburgh, once Pittsburgh is healthy and if they get fully healthy, I can see them being a threat because it's the Penguins. They're always a threat. But you're, you're, I agree with you. Your top teams, <laughs> Carolina, not go, not going anywhere. Washington, we all know what Washington's capable of. I see them they taking want over it. first at some point and some point soon. They want another one, like they badly. Do. They do. They they're all eating their OVOs. They got them. They they were just released. They're all eating them. You have them yet? I have them. I've had them. Oh, I had. I got them. Uh, I actually ordered a box. Yes, I did, because it was just released in the uh, the DC area, and obviously I'm not in DC, and I was not going to drive four hours for a box of cereal. It wouldn't surprise me. Well, if you eight did hours that. round trip for a box of cereal. Well, because then you got to pay for gas, tolls, hotel, and well, I wouldn't have stayed overnight, but and then the cereal. So I'm just like, I'll have the cereal come to me. So I bought it on eBay for twenty one dollars. 
Damn. The most expensive box of cereal, but it says on top, collector's edition. Oh, so we're not going to open it now. No, we're still going to open it. We're just not going to collapse the box afterwards. Okay, fine. Because you got to get to the cereal somehow. Yeah, you got to try it. Which we will have a taste test of OVOs. Yeah, live on air. That we'll will that. We'll do that eventually. It, they are, from my understanding, just hint, almond-hinted honey nut Cheerios, but they're OVOs. So you got you to gotta try it. Yeah, you got to try it. It's, it's going to happen. So. But... I don't, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that in a not, later later episode. later later in in the not too distant future. But yeah, this is pretty much how the division's gonna finish. Not the way it is now. The Islanders are gonna become the Islanders, and what we saw last year. Pittsburgh, not let four goals off of James Neal go in. Yeah, well, that's a different story. Philly, they're not gonna last. Columbus and Jersey. Columbus and Jersey, I could see. Columbus, Jersey. I th- I see going at the bottom. I really do. They don't really have anyone anymore. I think if Jersey Jersey may just end up in sixth or fifth, I don't see them getting. There was this way too much hype around the the Devils this year, and I totally get it because you had the number one overall pick. You, you got, got PK Subban. You got PK Subban, which was a shock to literally everyone. Well, yeah, because I was kind of I remember sitting at home and I'm watching the draft and I'm just like, oh, trade alert! I'm like, oh, this is probably like nobody for nobody. PK Subban and the Devils. I'm like, what? Wait, what? What yeah, I, I had to do a double take when I got the notification. I'm like, what? What? We ju- I just learned to love PK Subban. Now I gotta hate him again. That's not. I've fair. always liked PK Subban. I didn't like him in Montreal. Then well, again, I had to deal with him in the Eastern Conference Final too. He broke Stepan's well, jaw. There you go. So, that's that's how things currently stand in the uh, respective divisions. When we come back from this quick break. We're going to take a look at the games from tonight. We're also going to reintroduce Season 2 of the Hat Trick Challenge with a little twist. You're listening to Post Post here on the Wave, the sound of LIU. Having trouble writing a paper? The LIU Post Writing Center is here to help. Located in Humanities 202, the Writing Center has peer tutors who are ready to help you with your writing skills brainstorming, outlines, thesis statements, ESL concerns, and more. We also have a lending library full of free books for anyone to take home. Stop by Humanities 202 to work one-on-one with the tutor or call us at 516-299-2732. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and our blog. LIUWave.org is your source for Long Island University student radio. Listen live 24-7 online. Subscribe to podcasts. Check out our social media and get in touch with us. It's all online at LIUWave.org. Welcome back to Post Post here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Final 10 minutes of our show this week, so we're going to get right into it. We are going to reintroduce the Hat Trick Challenge. It is Season 2, our first full season of the Hat Trick Challenge. And just for those who don't know what that is, each week, Anthony and I make three predictions for what we think is going to happen without, uh, throughout the course of the week of games. We then take a look at if that event happened, and if it does, it is a point. And at the end of the season, we tally it up, and the winner has to, well, the loser, rather, has to wear a jersey of the opposing team of the winner. 
Unless you guys have a better idea. Unless, yeah, well, I had a better idea last year, and it worked out flawlessly. Yep. In case, <laughs> and if you guys are new to our show, I did win the Hatcher Challenge last year. By, I think, like a point. By a point or two. I have it somewhere, but I'm not going to look it up now. So, originally, we had it that he was going to have to wear a, a Islander jersey if he won. I was going to have to wear a Ranger jersey if I won. But I, I scratched that. So, I made it if he... If I won, he would have to wear an Alec Martinez shirt because of the overtime winning cup goal I'm that not play it. Alec Martinez scored. That I saw your hand go to the mouse. I'm like, there's no way in hell he's playing this right now. And then he's like, wait, what am I doing? I'm Why not, would I play? I'm it? not doing them. Why would I torture myself? I have the power to. For once, I have the power over, yeah, over Ryan, so I'm not doing that. Ends in seven and a half minutes. Not doing it. So. He had to wear an Alec Martinez shirt last year. I was happy. I don't think we have any, like, pictures of me wearing it, though. I don't think we did that. I feel like I took a picture somewhere. It's It exists, I hope. If not, I'll just have to beat you again. Fair point. So, if th- you guys do have a... Sorry, to cut you off, but If you guys have a better idea, or if you guys... Because what we do is, like, if there's a week where we don't have shows, the hat trick challenge still continues. So, make sure to follow us on Instagram, because we will post updates... Post to post, uh, post two the number two post underscore liu. If you have an idea, DM us, mention it in the comments of one of our posts, whatever. We always love to hear from you. And this year we're actually adding a little twist. We are doing the three predictions every week, but what we are also doing is we are both going to make one bold prediction for the entire season, and it has to happen within the regular season so by the time regular season games end this thing has to happen if it does happen that one event is worth three points so at the end of the day this is this could be a game changer game changer tiebreaker and then if we do need a tiebreaker we will come out with another tiebreaker no we were probably need the same be. one as last time need be so anthony what are your predictions for this week and then we'll go into the bold prediction and we got six minutes so and then we'll just go through the games and so my first prediction is by the next show by Wednesday morning Austin Matthews will be leading the league in points okay he's currently I think third he's I know that because Zibanejad had like a field day yes Zibanejad went off so I know he leads like the yeah, no, James Neal has, yeah, points. Sabanajad leads the league with eight. Austin Matthews currently, I think he has five points, and they're all goals. Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's actually currently. Five points, all goals. Yeah, he's fifth, so he's. He's 13th in points. Yeah, but, you know, if they were, like, you know, Neal. But he's only three points back. Yeah, like Neal, Hoffman, they're not going to, they're going to fall. So, so. Your first one is Matthews. Will he have it outright, or will he be tied? Just saying. Um, I have it just leads the league. So okay. if he's tied e- e- or leads, or. doesn't matter. Okay. And what is your next one? <laughs> next one is kind of interesting. Um, it's that Carolina will still be in first place of the of the division. Interesting. Because right now they have they have a lighter schedule than the than the um, Capitals. And they have a lighter schedule than the Rangers. I think they could probably put it up a few more wins and keep their first place spot, and I could play Brass Bonanza again. You mean 
you can request Brass Bonanza be played. I can request Brass Bonanza be played, yes. Okay. And I, I, I can actually kind of see that happening. I don't think the Rangers are going to necessarily be a threat just because they're four points back and it's only a week. It's a week, and like they also like don't play again until Saturday. Exactly, yeah. so and then like, they don't play again for like another week, right? Yeah, or they have like that, a or week. Or is that this That's week? That's this week. They have like a really weird schedule. It's their, their bye, bye week. week. That's so weird. But I do have a Ranger thing related for my last thing, and that is the bread man will lead the Rangers in goals by next week. <clears throat> so in their one or two games? Yeah, he'll get. How many? He needs three. He needs three to lead the goals. To lead the team in goals. Because Banajag currently leads the team with four. Right. It's risky, I, but I can, I can see that happening. Maybe if he gets if he get gets hot, I can see it happening. Wouldn't necessarily be surprised. Because I just need that fresh bread every day, like that delicious. You want fresh bread? Go to a bakery. All right. But I have a bread man. All right. Well, mine for this week are Brad Marchand will record his three hundredth career assist. I believe he's at two ninety eight. Most likely is. So he needs two, and I think the Bruins have three games. So that's little, little, little. Brad tight, Marchand has done that in the period, so I'm not that worried about that one. Uh, number two is a little bold, but but that is the point. There will be at <laughs> least three shutouts recorded this week, not by any specific team, just three shutouts in general. Okay. Because I think right now nobody really has. I think there's been one or two shutouts so far. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Nothing. I know. There's been, there's two, been shutouts, two, like two shutouts. Two shutouts in a week. So threes eh, should be interesting. And then my last one is there will be no more undefeated teams. Oh, see, that's that's risky, because there's there's six teams and one of them doesn't play till Saturday. And they play like. Not great teams in the coming weeks. Well, even if they lose in overtime, that's still a loss. That is true. So, by this time next week, they will. every team will have at least an overtime loss. Okay, that's, that's I could see that not happening, so that's, that's, that's good for me. That's mine. All right, so what is your bold prediction for the entire season? Austin Matthews will get 40-plus goals. I expected something a little bolder. Really? I did. Matthews has only had 41 or 40, 43, I think, was his most. So asking for 40, I think, is good, but... I, I can see that happening. I really can't. I mean, he already has five. He needs 35 more. I'm also taking into account that he may get injured. Which is what I did with mine, as I have Alex Ovechkin will become the eighth member of the 700-goal club. How many does he need? 41. Oh, so he needs to have, like, a almost perfect season again. Well, if he leads, if he needs another 41 to get to 700. So I think he can do it. I mean, he had 51 last year. He's been very healthy. I took that into account. I looked at his games played over the last few years. He's only missed at most (laughs) three or four, but he didn't really miss a beat. He can still put up goals with the best of them, as we saw last year, leading the league. So I, I banked on Ovi. He needs 41 goals. And I, I don't see it being uh, impossible. So we both kind of went with, like, Pretty much. Both of our players risky. need for at least 
Well, mine needs at least 41. But I, well, I said 40 plus, so he has to break 40. So okay, so we both do... need at least 41 goals from our player. That's fine. That should be interesting to see where that comes out. All right, and real quick, as we are just about out of time here, only three games on the schedule tonight. We're going to run through them very quickly. Canadians in Buffalo taking on the Sabres. Who you got? Sabres. I'm going to give it to Buffalo as well. All right, we got Devils taking on the Flyers in Philadelphia Wednesday night hockey on NBCSN. Who you got? Devils, mostly because the Flyer fans can use their new rage room that they have. That is true, but I think that Gritty puts the Flyers over the top just a little bit. Using them against me, that's not fair. Yes. And the last game we have Kings in Vancouver taking on the Canucks for that rivalry. This is easy. Vancouver. Yeah, not, not really that hard. I mean, Kings are not as good as they used to be, which is sad, but it happens. All right, that's going to do it for our show this week. We will see you all next week. Enjoy some hockey tonight, and for the rest of the week, you've been listening to Post Post here on The Wave, the sound of LIU.